Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown Podcast. Yes. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. That's right. We are. We are turning 21 episodes old today. Oh my gosh. I love it. We could do like a 21 run. We could go do, do something Do an end of my 20s run at the watershed tonight. That's true. We could do that too. Whatever you want. I turn Almost 30 birthday, tomorrow. Kid. Yeah. yeah. So it's the end of my 20s. And Kate made a point to point that out earlier today. And I, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have not thought about it that way. I, yeah. I didn't really realize she hadn't thought of it. So, which makes sense, I guess. But um, so I was like, well, now yeah. we have to like go out and celebrate the end of my 20s. And then tomorrow we can celebrate the beginning of my 30s. Exactly. And it's going to be great. Yeah. The 30s so are great. We're looking forward to tomorrow, which again is my 30th birthday. And we're going to be hitting up the Kraken Super Skills Showcase tomorrow, yeah. February 12th, from 3 to 4.30. Yes. And there are still tickets left. I checked today. They're $10 each. Mm -hmm. And all the net proceeds go to benefit the One Roof Foundation, which yeah. ensures all kids in our region have a roof over their head, clean air to breathe, and access to safe play spaces. Yeah. it's. I'm hoping that it's going to be just as cool as it sounds because um, the showcase is going to feature um, the broadcast crew. They're going to be live from the benches. There's going to be player interviews and special celebrity guests and giveaways and fan contests. And I don't know, I mean, what to expect exactly like in terms of the vibe or whatever, but mm -hmm. it just sounds like it's going to be a fun a time, really good time. So I'm, I'm really excited that we decided to, to jump on it. And, and go. then right after that, we're going to make our way over through yes. the transit system here in Seattle. We're going to yeah. make our way to Lumen field because they have the field to table experience there, yeah. which was created to spotlight the best of Seattle's diverse restaurant culture. Culture, yep. working with local award-winning chefs and restaurant tours. Mm -hmm. That's a word I don't know if I've ever really said in my life. There you go. Um, did it. So the field will be transformed into an expansive open-air dining room. And we did this last year. We did. With yeah. uh, my brother and sister-in-law. So Kate's brother and sister-in-law. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a really great. cool experience getting yeah. to take photos down there on the field. And you're walking through the tunnel and... Mm -hmm. The food was spectacular. Oh my gosh, so good. So in February, they'll typically have the different chefs come through and mm -hmm. you kind of get to choose which yeah, you and know, each, each chef has a different you want. menu and different, you know, flavor profiles and things like that. So you can, you know, figure out either going on a date that works for you or going for the food that you like. But um, but I'm really excited and we get to go uh this year on your actual birthday. On my actual birthday to celebrate your uh your big your big decade transition. My dirty 30. Oh hey, there you go. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, <laughs> coming up next is the showdown lowdown. It is time for the showdown lowdown. Showdown lowdown. Ooh, okay, groovy. I mean, it's got. I was trying to pep it up a little bit since you know we're talking about celebrating and birthdays and stuff. I wanted to make it sound a little more like energetic and okay, lively for you. I feel it. Well, we're gonna kick it off yes. with covering the Seattle Storm. Yes. So on February 3rd, the Seattle Storm made a trade with the Los Angeles Sparks, acquiring forward Gabby Williams in exchange for forward Katie Lou Samuelson. Yeah. And Seattle's first round pick, the number nine overall in the 2022 WNBA draft. Yeah. Williams was originally drafted number four overall in the 2018 draft by Chicago. Okay. And Seattle Storm GM Talisa Rea said, 
that Gabby is a versatile player and brings a dynamic skill set to our team. Mm. As we have watched her develop in the WNBA and excel internationally, we are thrilled that she will be joining us in Seattle and believe she will ha have an immediate impact on our roster. Yeah. The Storm also re-signed forward T Stephanie Talbot on February 4th, and Storm head coach Noel Quinn said, Steph perfectly fits her culture, and we are excited to have her back. Her energy is contagious, and her ability to stretch the floor with her three-point shooting is critical for how we like to play. Steph has played at a high level in the WNBL, which is the Women's National Basketball League, and it's clear that growth and confidence has translated over to the WNBA. Nice. And then on the final note for the storm, Brianna Stewart had a press conference with the media yesterday, February 10th, and wanted to put it on record that there wasn't a chance I was going anywhere else. Yeah. She also said Seattle is where my family has been made. The franchise is my family. This organization is my family. The next um, evolution of my career is to be that voice, be that leader. And I want to continue to make sure that this league gets better for the ones that are coming after me. I'm... I love it. I'm so excited about it. I was like so excited about all the posts about her, uh, her staying. So, and there were some really cute photos of her and her wife were. and the little baby. Yeah, yeah. That baby is so cute. Oh my gosh. Um, well that is exciting. And speaking of, um, awesome women, let's talk about the OL rain. Mm -hmm. So, um, the OL rain announced that Vincent Bertio will be taking over as the CEO for the team. Founders Bill and Teresa Predmore have completed the two-year transition plan that they had made with the OL group when they took ownership in um, 2020. So um, they will remain minority owners of the team. So they'll still, still be around. Um, the 2022 technical staff has been announced um, with Laura Harvey remaining as head coach and Sam Lady at assistant coach. And it also got into like who the trainers were and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but to just kind of continue with the flow of things, let's talk about um, how the NWSL has announced the six games that will make up the challenge cup starting in March. Mm -hmm. um, well, the six games that, uh, that we're going to be participating in. So the competition is going to be double round Robin style and include the Portland Thorns FC San Diego wave and angel city FC. So all 12 of the NWSL teams will compete in the challenge cup and they're broken into um, three groups with mm -hmm. the rain being in group three. So the top team from each group is going to um, move on plus the, the highest scoring second place team. So they've got a point system for um, not necessarily the points works. you score in the game, but the points you score based on the, games that are won and lost and things like that. Okay. So, um, so those four teams will advance to the semifinals in May. So, um, single match tickets are available now. There's also a discount pack to attend all three home games that the OL rain have for group three. So if you want to go to all of them, you can get a little bit of a price break, which is good. Um, the home opener this season is going to be uh, March 18th against the Portland Thorns FC. We're actually going to be at that one, we're yeah. very much looking forward to seeing the rain at Lumen for the first time for that home opener. Um, really pumped. So if you are interested, this uh, the rain have their season tickets available, and they've got um, some of those single match tickets available as well. So check that out, and uh, maybe we'll see you at the maybe first Maybe we'll see you there. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if you're going too. 
Talking about first matches. Oh my gosh, yeah. The Seawolves rugby team kicked off the 2022 MLR season with being the first MLR franchise to play in their 50th, 50th match. Yes. Coming out with a win over the, the Toronto Arrows with a score of 21 to 8 on Sunday, February 6th. Yeah. With tries from Duncan Matthews and Ross Neal and AJ Alatimu. Showing up for the Seawolves, making all three of his penalty kicks and converting on one of the two tries. Mm -hmm. The defense held the arrows to a single try and a penalty kick. Yeah. They were talking about the seawall defense. Yeah. It looked like it was so solid. A brick wall. Yeah, it was like a seawall, which is so tough to get through. And hold them to eight. I mean, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, so they had their second match last night, February 10th, mm-hmm. and the Seawolves came out with another win yeah. over the Utah Warriors 20-17. to 17. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like it was a lot closer than it was, but Utah actually came out with a try really close to the end of the match. I think there was two minutes left, and then yeah. they got and a try. And then we're like, oh, gosh, please hold them for the next two minutes. Yeah, it, yes. You could tell they were tired, but they did such a good job on defense again. Mm -hmm. And so Captain Reichert Hatting scored a try, as did Nakai Penny. Mm -hmm. And AJ Alatimu continued to put up points, making both of the penalty kicks and both conversions for the tries that were scored. So the Seawolves' seawall, again, in the second game, had a huge factor in winning their first two matches to start the season. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, currently the Seawolves are on top of the Western Conference table after week the, this week to win. Now, there's a lot of other teams that still haven't played this weekend. So sure. there's some matches tonight, Saturday yeah, and up. Sunday. Mm-hmm. So they are the first ones to actually play this week for week two. So just kind of keep that in your mind as well. Hey, we'll take being at the top. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. So in week three, the Seawolves will travel to face off against San Diego Legion on Sunday, February 20th at 2 o'clock p.m. And you can watch that on Root Sports or stream for free online on the Rugby Network. Mm, nice. And the next match for the Seawolves at home will be on February 26th. Be sure to secure your tickets at www.tickets.seawolves.rugby. Yes, that that is going to be so good. Um, you know, we talked earlier about the uh, skill showcase for the Kraken. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about the Kraken because... Who doesn't love the Kraken? So good. Um, This last week was slightly quiet for the Kraken because there was a breaking games for the All-Star game, which was um, this past Saturday in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Everly had been the Kraken's first player to attend for the Pacific Division. And he actually did score a goal against the Metro Division, but... The team failed to advance with a not win of six to four. A not win. A not win. And, um, you know, the last time Everly had played in an All-Star game was in 2012 when he played with the Edmonton Oilers. And he had talked about how it was a pretty different experience to play 10 years apart. So um, I don't know if I really realized that Jordan Everly has been in in the the game that long. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, either. But we're also getting to know hockey. So. Right. So everybody's new to us <laughs> at, <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, the Kraken did have a game um, Wednesday, February 9th against the Arizona Coyotes, which or Coyotes. I really don't know which way it's supposed to be I've said because the announcers say it both ways. And so I just don't actually know. I think it's okay that we um, say it how we want to say it. It's like caramel or caramel. There you go. Tomato, tomato. Um, so uh, the Kraken did end up with a not win of <laughs> five to two, but they did have goals from Yarncroke and Blackwell. Um, the rookie goalie for Arizona just he held up really well, and the Kraken just couldn't get the shots in. 
um, the last two goals. There were a couple couple goals or I, attempts were on not, goal. Yeah, attempts on goal. goal that bounced off. It was it was pretty intense. One of them like hit the side and yep. then bounced off and hit the goalie, and then the goalie like there's fell a on couple it. that it just like it was just really close. <laughs> so yeah, the last uh, the last two goals from Arizona were in the last moments of the game and were open netters. So I like to think it really was like three to two, really. Sure. But so. Mm-hmm. A, a less a less large gap for our not win but you know technically five to two um in other kind of kraken news the kraken picked up uh austin zarnik a forward off the waivers from the new york islanders and dave haxtell said about him you know very good skill extremely competitive and a good pro so we look forward to seeing how he's going to be able to help out the kraken team who you know is on the rise though we have some bumps but we're we're going the right direction i think so um and then Matty Beaners, um, who, I'm not sure if I'm saying his last name correctly, so apologies if I'm not, but he was actually the, Kra- the Kraken's first draft pick, and he's been finishing up school at the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's also representing the um, U.S. national hockey team, the, the men's hockey team, at the Winter Olympics in Beijing. And so he did score a goal in an 8-0 to shutout against China, nice. which is pretty cool. Yeah, And he's keeping a journal, like an online journal, over on the uh, the Kraken team website. So if you want to kind of know more about his adventure with uh, being over there for the Olympics, you could totally go and check that out. Um, upcoming Kraken games. We've got February 11th against the Anaheim Ducks and February 14th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So hopefully we'll see a few more wins and some less not wins coming up. All right, moving on to Major League Baseball. Yeah, what's going on? So here's an update on the MLB lockout. Okay. So MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred spoke publicly on February 10th, saying that he remains optimistic that the regular season will start on time. Hmm. In order for that to happen, Manfred said that an agreement would have to happen between the MLB and the MLBPA before the end of February. Okay. The next scheduled negotiation between the MLB and the MLBPA is planned for tomorrow, Saturday, February 12th. Okay. Now, the biggest issue still on the table is the core economic proposals between both sides. That has been one of the biggest issues this entire time. Mm -hmm. So on that note, though, some progress and agreements have been made, not on the economic proposals portion, but they have agreed to having a universal designated hitter. Okay. And so which is great. News. So it was the DH was yes, designated here. It was like, like we thought. Okay. I assumed. I just didn't, you know. Nope. It's been confirmed. It's folks. been confirmed. And the elimination of draft pick compensation for free agents. Okay. So more to come after their next scheduled negotiation again is taking place tomorrow. We'll update you next week on how that goes. Yeah. Um, but hopefully we'll have news after tomorrow to see that, if yes. they've inched any like closer to making an agreement. Hopefully so. Hopefully, so. hopefully it's a productive meeting. Um, all right. Well, let's go to the Sounders. Mm-hmm. So this week, the Sounders went back to Palm Springs for more spring training. And on February 10th, uh, the Sounders played two scrimmages with the LA Galaxy. They were closed uh, to the public, but the first game ended in a tie of one to one. And the second came out with a not win uh, of a, with a score of four to two. But um, there was a goal. There were goals by uh, Freddie Montero and Sam uh, a Dineran, a Dineran, a Dineran. I will learn how to say all these names. I, I'm going to get there. It's going to happen. I'm a teacher. I have to figure it out. Yes. Um, but in, in other news, there have been some great contract extensions for the team as well over the last week. So really excited about these. So, um, Xavier Ariaga, 
through 2023 with options for uh, 24-25. Uh, Jao Paulo through 2023 with an option for 24. And Raul Ruidas through 2024. Um, so the Sounders website had this quote from Sounders FC Senior Vice President of Soccer Operations and Sporting Director Craig Weibo. And he said, it was very important to us to ink Raul Jao Pablo and Xavier to new deals and secure each of their futures in Seattle. It's a testament to their performance since they arrived, as well as the club's commitment to winning consistently. We look forward to continuing to see them in rave green. I just love that their color is called rave, rave green. green. I've always thought that was just like so great. Sounds like a blast. It does sound like a blast, you know. Those Jimi Hendrix uh, variant uh, tops last mm -hmm. year for their kit were pretty cool too, the purple. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Let's go. You want to do the Seahawks? Yeah. So this morning, and I'm kind of glad that we waited to do this podcast on a Friday because yeah. the Seahawks made moves this morning that were released from uh, NFL insiders. So the coaching changes that have been made this morning on February 11th to start with, um, is that the Seahawks have hired former Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai. Oh. And, and that's as their associate head coach for the defense. Okay. As the DC for the Bears this past season, Desai's defense only allowed 316.7 yards per game, ranking sixth in the NFL in that stat. Wow. So this was with key defensive players who are out with injury for part of that season. Mm -hmm. You think about um, Akeem Hicks and... Um, Khalil Mack, those, yeah. both of those players we're who out. Are, were out for a yeah. while. So Desai will be working alongside Clint Hurt, who was elevated to defensive coordinator last week for the Seahawks, okay. and with newly hired Car Carl Scott, who will be serving as a passing game coordinator. Oh, nice. So a little bit about Carl Scott is that Carl Scott has spent most of his 13 years of experience as a defensive backs coach okay. and has three years under head coach Nick Saban at the University of Alabama. Oh, wow. And lots of people know how great Nick Saban's yeah. teams have been historically yeah. at the University of Alabama. So Scott helped de develop NFL starters Trayvon Diggs and Patrick Certain the second, oh, wow. who's with the Broncos. Yeah. Both of those are two relatively new players to the yeah. NFL um, drafted in the last few years. And also are being highlighted Diggs, for their cornerback the play. Was it wasn't Trayvon Diggs at the Pro Bowl with his brother? Or I is think that so. a different Diggs? There's a no, lot of Diggs in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So in addition to those coaching changes, news came out this morning also that the Seahawks have fired offensive line coach Mike Solari. Okay. And it has been announced by NFL insider Mike Silver that the Seahawks will promote Andy Dickerson to OL to the offensive line coach. Okay. And this leaves the run game coordinator position open to fill. Yeah. So that's a question mark. But Andy uh, Dickerson came over from the Rams with Shane Waldron last mm -hmm. season. Yeah. And so elevating him to this offensive line coach yeah, position and that. working more closely. I mean, he was still a run game coordinator, but yeah. he obviously helped turn it up for yeah. the end of the season with Rashad Penny. So we'll see totally. how he does with the offensive line. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I saw a thing from with uh, Pete Carroll saying that um, that he's you know really appreciated Mike Solari and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, and that it was kind of a it seemed like a it seemed like a a not bad firing situation, not like a a mutual a, decision a, to, to go move different on. directions. Yes, yes. So all right, was nice. Well, this wraps up the showdown lowdown segment for the Pacific Northwest Showdown. Coming up next is Kate's Corner. 
Welcome to Kate's Corner. I love that it's a duet now. It's so fun. You're welcome I to do it with me anytime it, you want. It is fun to like sing. I, I felt nice. like I was being like, it was like a left out thing. You were and missing I, out. There's I a just, little FOMO. Yeah. Little FOMO. Yeah, well, welcome. You can you can do it with me. Yeah, It's fine. I'm happy about it. Um, So, Michaela, I don't know if you know about this because I know you're also learning sports. What? <laughs> Some sports. I'll, I'll admit. Some JK, sports. Yeah. She knows things. Um, But this weekend is the Super Bowl. Did you know? Had you heard about that? There's like this big football thing in, that's happening. What is it? Yeah, the super bowl. Never heard of but it. But it's not in the soup like you eat. It's super like great. No, I thought it was like a super bowl that I could put my cereal in. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not like anything you no? eat. No, oh, it's okay. like a well, it's like a competition. Can you like enlighten me on I would love what to tell you all about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so it's Super Bowl 56 with the Rams versus the Bengals. Go Bengals. Go Bengals. Anyway, it made me wonder. I was thinking about it, and it made me wonder about kind of this event and its history and mm -hmm. so i put together some fun facts about the super bowl let's hear it all right so the first super bowl was in 1967 with green bay beating out in kansas city i also thought it was interesting that both of those two teams went pretty far this year mm -hmm. and like they apparently have been doing well since the beginning um it has taken place every year without fail um some other sporting events sometimes have had like a, a year gap. off here things mm -hmm. like that but not the super bowl because it's Super. Um, this year is the latest that it's taken place, being that it's on February 13th, and that's because they had added one more game to the regular season this year, and so, you know, kicks it out a little bit. The earliest Super Bowl took place on January 9th, 1977, for Super Bowl XI. Um, so, but usually it's kind of in that, mm -hmm. you know, mid-January to now mid-February sort of window. Um, Miami has hosted the Super Bowl 11 times, followed by New Orleans with 10. And I'm pretty sure Los Angeles is in third place for that. Okay. Um, the Super Bowl has only taken place outside of, like, typically warm states six times. Um, it was in Michigan um, for 16, Minnesota for 26, uh, Michigan again for 40, Indianapolis for 46, New Jersey for 48 and Minnesota for 52. Wow. And like two, I think two of those were in um, domes at the time. Mm -hmm. um, does anybody really have domes anymore for football? Are they all like open? Isn't Dallas a dome? Oh, I guess SoFi is kind of covered too, isn't it? So, yeah, they got domes. Okay, they've got domes. Okay. I don't know. I want to say New Orleans is a dome. Oh, yeah. 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 Mercedes. The, yeah. Super. Yeah. Super. There you go. Well, hashtag learning sports. Um. Additionally, four teams have never been to the Super Bowl. I mean, maybe they've bought tickets, but they haven't gone to play. <laughs> um, but that would be the Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why is that not surprising that it's I'm, those four teams? Well, and I'm assuming like the Texans, no, that wasn't the... The Oilers moved to Tennessee, so that was the tight. They became the Titans, right? So the Texans are – I can't keep track. People move around. But anyway, those four teams have never been, and there's eight other teams that have never won but that have gone. So there's that. I think I read it that if the Bengals win, they'll be like the 21st team to win at least one Super Bowl. So, again, go Bengals. Um, other fun fact, my dad went to Super Bowl six in New Orleans yeah, uh, where Dallas beat Miami. and um. He was living there at the time, and he just, I guess, walked up and bought a ticket from someone who was selling them, like, outside the stadium, but at face value for $25 to sit near the end zone. 
And right now, for those of you that don't have context for how expensive it is to go to the Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. $8,000 a ticket. Like it is, uh, that's the av like average. Yes. And that's like sitting up in You're the, in, like, like, the nosebleeds. nosebleeds. Yeah. It's nuts. So $25 so, so 20, Super Bowl six. And he just like walked up and bought one, you know, it, like, all right. All right. There's a fun, there's a fun thing. I'll never be able to tell anybody ever. Like I went to the Super Bowl for $25, but my dad can tell that story. Maybe some of your grownups out there can tell those stories too. Who knows? Yeah. But um, anyway, I want to though get to the facts about my favorite part of Super Bowl Sunday, the snacks. snacks. Snacks are my favorite part of any sporting snacks. event. Snacks. <laughs> oh, snacks. snacks. Oh, snacks. We were the football player snacks. We was on our. Was didn't we have them? Oh, look, she knows sports. Yeah, yeah snacks. snacks. Well, you know, food related. Anyway, <laughs> it's estimated that 12.5 million pizzas are eaten every Super Bowl Sunday. Around 1.42 billion, with a B, chicken wings are devoured. Wow. Somewhere near 28 million pounds of tortilla chips and 8 million pounds of guacamole are gobbled up. That is one, th guacamole is one third the weight of the tortilla chips, which I find mathematically very interesting. Um, this year, Though the wings, the guacamole, and the beer are all reported to cost more due to what we have been hearing so much of lately, like the supply and um, worker shortages and inflation and transportation issues and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. hopefully all of you out there have already gotten your snacks picked out for the big game or you're going someplace where you're going to have snacks or great food. Um, so no matter who you're cheering for or whoever wins, you just don't want to get stuck watching all those fun commercials, you know, with the football in between, uh, without your snacks. And for those of you who watch like the puppy bowl instead, yeah, <laughs> you also want great snacks for that because when you're seeing all those cute little puppies just going, you know, just hitting each other and whatever, and just, oh, they're just, so, I just love the puppy bowl. I just, mm, it's so good. But the halftime show, what, at the Super we, bowl did, we year, haven't gotten our snacks yet for really Sunday. Good. I, we have a couple things here and there. We'll we'll probably head over to the watershed and have brunch and just hang out and have some beverages to watch a Super Bowl. That probably sounds really accurate, actually. <laughs> also, good snacks there. So, um, so I hope you enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday, doing whatever it is that you choose to do. I hear um, the mall is often very empty on those on those days. So, if you're a person who likes to shop in peace, maybe that's your jam. But if you're a sports person and want to watch it, I say enjoy, have fun. And hopefully whichever team you want wins, as long as it's the Bengals. <laughs> Thanks for coming to Kate's Corner. It is time for the mailbag segment. Ooh, that started off singing and then turned into talking. I didn't know how to sing segment. Oh, see, you just did it, though. That was great. You know, I'm pretty good at things. These parts are not scripted, folks. We just do this on the fly <clears throat> and then just kind of lose your voice kinda, in the process. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it can happen. So it's mailbag segment. Yeah. So let's let's just open up the Get bag into and your questions. pull out some letters. And if they were actually real see letters. See what you're asking. This week is full of a lot of fun what questions. we are being asked this week. So let's get going with it. So Sergeant Pickle says... <laughs> How do you decide what ratio of sports viewing time to dedicate to each one? I work long hours. and That's tough to keep up without my wife killing me. All right. So this is a great question, Sergeant Pickles. Yeah, abs absolutely. It is. I'm going to say it. it deserves an absolute. So 
Unfortunately, Kate has not gotten to watch nearly as many of her shows that she used to love to watch <laughs> because I have so graciously walked into her life. I mean, there are and trade-offs. love sports. Now, Kate has been getting into sports more to where, like, she'll come home and she'll be like, oh, yeah, the Kraken game's on at 6 o'clock or it's on at 7 o'clock. Let's yeah. make sure it's turned on. I'm like, hey. I mean, we have a sports podcast that we're supposed to report on, and I feel like I need to make sure. So I it there are that. times that we we record all the different sports games and stuff, and we try to find a balance of like saying we need to also live our life outside of sports. So whether yeah. it's been even weekends where there's a Seahawks game, but we go wine tasting instead, sure. uh, we will record the games and go back and watch, or we'll watch the highlights and that sure. sort of thing. But we do watch quite a few games, and mm -hmm. even if it's not a full game here or there, we try to catch at least part of it. Yeah. But then we'll balance it out, like, with watching our shows that we enjoy. And Yeah, before Michaela, I uh, very much just, like, binge-watched lots of series of things and only watched sports if I was, like, down at my folks' house, like, hanging out, like, with them or something. I didn't really do a lot of that before, so... Um, so now the nice I have thing is the that, joy yeah. of, of getting to spend time with my wife who loves sports so much. So Sergeant Pickles, what I would say to you is what does your wife like to do? Because maybe if yes. you, maybe if you two can like, you know, maybe you do a little bit of watching whatever she wants to watch or, you know, she watches a little bit of that with you or maybe, you know, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you convince her to get into sports too. I'm not sure. That's your that's best ever. option is like, getting her so yeah. into sports that she is then suggesting that's what you do. Yeah. It could be a thing. I don't know, but I hope that I hope that you get to watch at least some, I feel like too, like Twitter's a great way to catch up on certain things. If you didn't get to watch the game and you don't have it recorded or whatever, if you just go to that team's Twitter, um, you can kind of catch up on that or just tune in, you know, to the PNW showdown each week. We'll and give we'll, you an update. And we'll update you on those it. games. Yeah. So thanks great for question. reaching out, Sergeant Pickles. We appreciate it. Um, Nicholas at SJ Rugby says, what are the best airport airports you've flown through and worst? Kate's probably been to more airports than I have been, although I've been to a good handful. Sure. I would say, you know, it's hard because I like SeaTac. It depends on what. Sometimes it depends on what part of the airport. What part of the too. airport? Because mm -hmm. for instance, SeaTac is really, really big, mm -hmm. but and depending on what kind of seats you have on a flight, if you can get into special lounge areas, then it can feel like a more like lavish experience. Like the sure. Alaska lounge at SeaTac yeah, is real true. nice. Yeah. But, and then I've been in airports like the Pullman airport over oh, WSU yeah. and you walk in and I mean, it's the smallest airport I've ever been in my life. Yeah. How many gates does it have? Like two? It has one gate. Oh, like I don't you know. get through TSA and you see the gate. It's like, it's, it's just like one. beyond the glass. Okay. So it's real small. Um, worst airports. I don't, I, you know, I hate saying this cause I loved going to Maui so much for the honeymoon, but I don't, I was not a fan of that airport. Well, you know, I think part of it was also like all of the, the lines and the spacing and the traveling and stuff. Like it makes it, it I was confused. It's, it was, it's open air too. So it's kind of, it's hot potentially. And so that's a little hard too, when you're standing in line to also be hot. But, um, so I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, for me, I think worst airport would be the old El Paso airport, not like the salsa and stuff, but like they have redone it. So it's not the same way that it used to be years ago, but the El Paso airport was just 
oh, it was like so bad. Um, it, it was just, it was just bad. It Burbank was, really was bad. not my favorite either. Well, I think some of the airports that are older, like they just don't, they're like dark and kind and of dingy. dingy sort of feeling. Yeah. And so it doesn't really give you the, the whole like, Hey, this is actually kind of like fun. It's more like I just had to get scanned and search through and, and sit and like had to go what through feels like a waiting office or whatever. And then you have to sit there in like the weird fluorescent light. So yeah, that's not very great. My favorite airport though, like best airports. I mean, again, I think like the newer parts of SeaTac are pretty great. Um, and then other than that, I think, Actually, the um, in Detroit, the uh, I think it's like the McNamara Terminal, like the the one that Delta's in. That one, I mean, I don't know if it's like the best, but I I think that one's pretty cool because it is so freaking long, and it's got like its own little like train that runs back and forth inside of it to take you places. But it's got all kinds of great restaurants and like um, shops and things like that inside of it too. So um, I I like. I like that one. It's big. It's bright. It's open. It feels really good. So I'll cool. go with that. So thanks. Uh, thanks, Nicholas, for that question. Let's go over to Steve Olson. He says, you get to spend 24 hours in Vegas with two athletes. Who are you going with and why? I'm going to let you go first. Marshawn Lynch. Okay. That's a hands down no brainer. Can like, you imagine how like, that's like my how answer. entertaining? Yeah. I don't even know if you need another athlete if that's, you're going with that Marshawn was what Lynch. I was gonna say. No way. I was gonna say basically I'm just going with Marshawn Lynch, and then if he wants to bring a friend, that's fine. Is what I was Marshawn Lynch. Say. You know how much I that love would him. be so entertaining that if you had anybody else with you, you feel like you'd probably accidentally forget they're there. Yeah. Oh no. I that's. And that was, I was thinking, I was like, I got it. Who else would you take with him? And I was like, I maybe I would take Sue Bird because she'd be badass to be with. Yeah. No way. Were you going to say that? that? <laughs> I, okay. So we we're married. Totally write these and things down and then like prove it to each other. But yeah, that would be pretty fun. So there's um, your answer. There you go. That's it. There you go. Perfect. So um, she wrote, I guess so. So Steve Olson, uh, we'll let you know how it goes and how many packs of Skittles are consumed. Probably a lot because I also really love Skittles. Um, Rick Judd 21 says, would you rather not know what vowels are and only understand consonants or have all of your real life controls inverted like in a video game? And so then Tim from Puyallup, this was on Twitter, Tim from Puyallup had like clarified this question by putting it this way, by saying, so always talk like a 12 year old texting or always act like the town drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And Rick Judd was like, perfect. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's exactly yes. basically what I'm meaning. Exactly. Um, I would probably say, yeah. Ooh, that's tough. I'm going to go. I'm, I'll jump in first because sure. I've been making you answer first a lot. Um, I'm going to go with um, not knowing what vowels are and only understanding consonants um, because I feel like you could really still communicate sure. decently well. Um, with all that, plus there is, you know, some written language that doesn't even use consonants or I mean vowels in the, the writing. So, I mean, it people, just, yeah, okay. people have to have been okay with it at some point. Then I'll stick with what Kate just said. <laughs> I agree. I feel like though, if you did like the thing with the video games, like yeah, the, that like I'd that, be like, you're really good at video games. Yeah. So I feel like you would with practice no longer look like a dog that you just put shoes on. And then instead actually look That's like, true. you know, I feel like you would get it together. Me, on the other hand, I, I would just, I would probably fall over a lot. So mm. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll have to do the opposite and just see who's better at doing both of those things. Yeah. So hopefully you understand what I'm trying to say, or I understand what you're trying to say, and then I can figure out where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give directions for where I'm trying to go. Yeah. No. No. I could just point, though. You could see me. All right. I'm pretty good with my, like, hand communication. My nonverbal communication is mm. pretty good. So mm -hmm. that could be a thing. And then um, welcoming back this week. Oh my gosh! Yeah, Tim, Tim from Puyallup's Pew got a question. Mailbag question. Yes, and again, the local wizard is involved. So it says, you receive a phone call from your local wizard. He is going to grant you the superpower of your choice. However, due to a clerical error down at the ministry, everyone will be granted the same ability you choose. What are you going with? I know I told you what I was going to do earlier this week. So tell them. So oh, tell okay. them, tell them. I'll tell them. So I was thinking about this because that's a really good question. And also like, what do I want to have everybody else have that I also get to have? Um, and so what I decided was I'm going to come up with everyone getting the superpower of empathy. Because I feel like we could all use a little more of that in our day-to-day -day lives. And while you know, teleportation or being invisible would be pretty dope. You know, teleportation is like a close If we were second, all invisible, do you think that we'd just be running into each other all the time and not realizing that the other person's there? Yeah, I don't know. That'd be a bad one. Because you would be like invisible but still have masks, right? It wouldn't be like a ghost where you just pass through people. It's not like that. Sure. So you'd still take up space. Just people wouldn't be able to see you. And teleportation for everyone, although zip, 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 zip. it would be pretty cool. I feel like it could also be like not safe. Well, I mean, who knows whose molecules are going to get mixed up with who when you're trying to get to wherever. And do you have so, to go to some place to teleport or do you just teleport on your own? Mind like, reading like, would be bad. Oh, mind reading would be terrible. Light wouldn't be terrible. It could be congested though. The skies could just be full of people. Then cool. The streets will be empty. Also true. I would just walk. <laughs> I, I think, oh, God, I'm going to be boring. I'm going to say flight. Everything else just seems a little bit too, uh, I guess. I mean, if I wanted to be adventurous, then mind reading. No, please don't make me be able to read people's minds. It's already bad enough. Everybody would be able to read your mind. That's, I also don't want that. <laughs> I'm a teacher. Do you not remember what I said? I don't want them to know what I'm thinking. Empathy the is the best answer. Empathy but... is a great answer, I think. But yeah, I think flight could be cool. Flight. It'd be cool. I would need some good, like, aerodynamic puffy coats, though, because I would get cold up there. Mm. I'm cold down here. So, um, so Tim from Puyallup, I hope that that uh, helps answer that question for you. And you know what, everybody? Keep the questions coming, because we really do look forward to this. And even if you have a question and you don't want to wait for the post about mailbags, like, you can always just tag us in a post about it. And, you know, we keep track. Mika Let's be honest. Michaela keeps track. Um, and so we'll, we'll get it. So if you think of a great question and you're like, I don't want to forget or miss the mailbag question, just message us in a post or send yeah. us a message or whatever. So, all right. Well, this leads us to our closing podcast remarks. Yeah. And this is the end of episode 21 for the Pacific Northwest episode show. 21. So thank you for tuning in. Yes. What, where can they follow us on social media? You know, we're over on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok at pnw showdown on all of those platforms and uh you know we're really enjoying all the interaction we're getting comments on the instagram post which is great all the stuff on twitter is always so much fun 
Um, I don't know what's happening on TikTok because Michaela's in charge of that one. So I just get to check it out sometimes. But there are some fun other videos on there too. But And be sure to follow us on all those platforms because we share different kinds of things on the different platforms. And you don't want to miss out on some of the fun content that we share. So. It's true. And we love and we love hearing people and seeing like, oh, this is who this is on Twitter. This, this, and that's who they are on Instagram and stuff like that. Exactly. So it's kind of fun to to get to see you all in different places as well. So, and thanks again, obviously for sharing this with your friends and telling people about it. It's been so fun to have more people listening and reaching out. So we really appreciate it. And uh, we're just, we're so glad that all of you are here. Yeah. And so on that note, as always, remember to take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time. So, uh, wouldn't it be fun to do some sports trivia over here? Let's do it every week. Oh my gosh. For the Marvel, for the Marvel moment. That'd be great. We could just start doing some sports trivia over here. Um, so my favorite, um, Skittle eating, amazing human being, Marshawn Lynch, he scored four rushing touchdowns in a November, 2014 game against the giants, tying the franchise record that was held by what? two previous Seahawks backs. We're going to give you a second to think about it and see if you can figure it out. Do, 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 it is Kurt Warner one time. Okay. And Sean Alexander four times. Wow. Not surprised on that one. No, not at all. He is amazing. Well, thank you for coming to our Seattle Sports Trivia segment. <laughs> Bye.